Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Rams Up, your weekly L.A. Rams podcast. Bi-weekly during the season. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll cover other SoCal sports items of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome, Ram fans, to our midweek drop. We'll have a preview of the Ram-Texan game. We'll have our game picks and our updated power rankings, our Elite 8 plus 2. And we'll take a final look back at that Ram-Lion game. Now, when I was prepping for this podcast, I was thinking for sure we're going to kick this off with a discussion about the Kenny Young trade. But then, late Wednesday night, news broke. J.J. Watt, the Arizona Cardinals defensive end, the free agent they brought in to fortify that defensive line, likely out for the year. He had a shoulder injury, played with it the second half last week, got some second opinions, and word is he's having surgery, probably a three-month recovery. So the Cardinals take a big blow. Everything's going so well for them. Everything lining up for a Super Bowl bid. And then this, their emotional leader and one of their best players along that defensive front lost for the year. But we will get to that Kenny Young trade. 
But before I even get to that, I wanted to correct an error last week. I felt terrible about this. I believe I heard it on the broadcast that 59-yard pass play Stafford to Cup was the longest Rams play from scrimmage this year. It was actually the third longest. Van Jefferson had a 67-yard pass play, and Deshaun Jackson had a 75-yard pass play. I think I know where I got that, but even so, I should have known better. I was quickly corrected on that, so setting the record straight right now. So on that Kenny Young trade, just like everybody else, I thought it was really strange to give up one of your more productive players at inside linebacker to move up one round in the draft in 2024. Now, Kenny Young is not a superstar by no stretch of the imagination, but for the most part, he gets the job done. He's a very versatile linebacker. So I didn't really see this coming, and it really doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but there's a lot of things we don't know. We don't know what goes on in that locker room. We don't know what goes on between those defensive coordinators and their players. So we can do some guessing here. McVay said it was for financial reasons, freeing up some money for a potential trade, perhaps. We may find out between now and next week when the trade deadline comes around. Or maybe something was going on in that locker room. I don't know. I went back and looked at some of this tape, and the only thing that jumped out at me was the Rams rushed Taylor Rapp, Jalen Ramsey, and Kenny Young on that screen-plated DeAndre Swift that went for the first touchdown for the Lions. Maybe a blown assignment there? I can only guess. I'm not saying it was, but it is kind of odd that they'd send all three of those guys basically a seven-man rush on third and nine early in the game. Could be wrong. Just a data point for you. We also have to keep in mind that the Rams' inside linebackers don't really account for that many snaps. Kenny Young had 38 snaps last week. I read one article from some random person on the internet. Let's accept it as fact, though. The Rams play one linebacker roughly 80% of the snaps, and the second linebacker roughly 50% of the snaps. So what I expect to see is Ernest Jones and Troy Reeder picking up most of those snaps, if not all of them. I mean, who else do they got? They basically have Ernest Jones, Trevin Howard, and Troy Reeder. And that's about it. Jameer Jones is on this roster. Justin Lawler on the practice squad. They're more outside linebacker types, though. What's really curious is the Rams have no inside linebackers on the practice squad at this time. So something's got to give, right? But I'm, I'm still not convinced of that even. Who knows what Snead and McVay have going on, but I think our defense will be okay, but I don't think we're necessarily better than we were a week ago. Even if Ernest Jones jumps in there and plays pretty good, we're really thin at inside linebacker now, and that concerns me. With my luck, the Rams will make a big trade right after this podcast post. Before we get to our Ram-Texan preview, you see the comment from Sean McVay, we may have Cam Akers back for the playoffs. Seen some training videos of him, and that's where this all comes from. Other people have seen it and started pinging McVay for some input on that. And yeah, he admitted 
He would not count that out. That would be something else if Akers was around for the playoffs. Early last week, Rob Havenstein's contract was restructured, gave the Rams another three-plus million in cap space. The Rams have now cleared $48.2 million. Actually, you can add another $1.5 million to that with the Kenny Young trade. They've freed up over $49 million in cap space this year with various moves and restructuring. Wanted to talk briefly about those trick plays that Detroit pulled off against us. Three trick plays. McVeigh said they were prepared for those trick plays. They were prepared for trick plays by the Lions. They just didn't execute. I don't know if that makes me feel any better. I mean, does this mean the special teamers need to be replaced? Does this mean that our preparation kind of sucks? I don't know. And by the way, on this second fake punt in the third quarter, I saw a news item on this, and I went back and checked for myself. I'm pretty dang sure we only had 10 players on the field for that fake punt. And that's after the earlier two special teams breakdowns. And then we come back in the second half with only 10 guys out there. That's worrisome. We came out of that Detroit game pretty clean. Robert Rochelle, Andrew Whitworth, and Jordan Fuller all have apparently banged up knees, but McVeigh does not seem to think that'll be a concern. They all should be ready. However, as of Wednesday, none of them have practiced, and Sebastian Joseph Day and Terrell Lewis have also not practiced. Lewis has an issue with his ribs, and Joseph Day an issue with his chest. Pro football focus grades, Jalen Ramsey came in with a 90.9, and our eyes were not lying to us. Troy Reader, 26.4, four missed tackles, and allowed seven catches for 54 yards. And then Kenny Young straight it. I like Troy Reader, don't get me wrong, but it just does not line up with logic at this time. But maybe in a week or so it'll all make sense to us. Terrell Lewis rated very highly in his pass rush win rate against the Lions ahead of Leonard Floyd, so that's a good sign. Our edge guys are getting it done. Like to see more actual sacks, but the pressure's been good. The offensive line overall played very well, just seven pressures allowed. Austin Corbett and Andrew Whitworth pitching a shutout. Brian Allen allowed for the team seven pressures while also giving up the sack. He had a bad day, and he actually failed on his block on that fourth and one. Really got rolled back into the running lane, so bad on him there. Brian Allen is not a great center, but he needs to just play average, and this unit will be okay. I wanted to real quickly revisit a pet peeve. Remember several months ago, I think it was, One of my pet peeves was about the second guy getting the penalty. The second guy in a dust-up always gets a penalty. And we saw it again in that Seattle game. DK Metcalf gives Marshawn Lattimore a two-handed shove. I'm not sure if it was technically after the play. If it wasn't after the play, it was right at the whistle. Totally unnecessary. They're both just standing there. DK Metcalf takes a free shot on Lattimore. 
And there's refs all over the place. There's refs watching the play. And Lattimore responds with basically the exact same move, a two-handed shove to the shoulder. And what happened? A penalty on Lattimore, 15 yards, moves Seattle from the 1 to the 16. I don't get it. These refs got to be smarter than that. They all know exactly what happened. Even Peyton Manning during the broadcast I was watching said, hey, second guy in gets a penalty. Why is that so acceptable? Why do these refs potentially change a game because they're apparently incapable of recognizing that both of them deserved a penalty on that play, not just Lattimore? And DK Metcalf, by the way, I'm sorry. I'm glad he's not on our team. He's an extremely gifted guy, but I don't like his style. I don't like his attitude. Seattle, you can have him. Hey, let's talk about Van Jefferson for a minute. This guy has very quietly started to produce. I went back and looked at the top 11 wide receivers taken in the 2020 draft. Jefferson was the 11th. Jerry Judy went first. C.D. Lamb second. Jalen Rager. Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, LaVisca Chenault, K.J. Hamler, Chase Claypool, and then Jefferson. Right now, in 2021, Jefferson is the fourth most productive of all those. C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, and Michael Pittman all ahead of Jefferson, but production-wise, Jefferson is next up, so the Rams appear to have drafted very well in the 2020 draft, grabbing Van Jefferson as the 11th wide receiver taken. Jefferson, by the way, 21 catches, 304 yards, 3 TDs. Only C.D. Lamb of those 11 wide receivers has more TDs. That's about it for our roundup. Next up, we will get to our Houston Texan Los Angeles Rams preview, and we'll follow that up with our game picks, and our Elite Eight power rankings. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, it's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
Week 8, the Los Angeles Rams travel to Houston to play the Texans. Let's take a look at this game and a close look at the Texans, of course. This is a franchise that has been in disarray for a couple years. Remember, not long ago, they were led by Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins. Well, not so much anymore. They were 4-12 and last year. They made the coaching change from Bill O'Brien to the interim coach, Romeo Crennel, and this year, David Coley has taken over. Historically, the Rams have a 3-1 and record against the Texans. What's interesting is last week we talked about the Rams-Lions history. I don't even remember how many times those two teams have played. 80-plus times, something like that. And I could hardly remember a single significant game. But the Rams have played the Texans four times, and I remember two of them quite distinctly. The Rams have a 3-1 and record against the Texans. In 2017, that was the game where the Rams were down early, and Jared Goff hit Robert Woods for a 94-yard TD pass. And the reason I remember that is I remember I remember the great edge rusher Clowney coming in off the left side, and you could hear the Texan sideline shouting, that's a hold, that's a hold. And it was, but Goff got the pass off to Woods for a 94-yard touchdown, and the Rams ended up winning that game handily. In 2009, that was the game the Rams actually ended up losing. Steven Jackson, who was pretty much the Rams' only good player at that point, and Bernard Pollard got into it. It all started with a Jackson straight arm of Pollard. Apparently he didn't like that. A couple plays later, Pollard goes after Danny Amendola, throws him to the ground after the whistle. You can find this all on YouTube, by the way. Just do a search for Bernard Pollard, Stephen Jackson. It'll pop right up. And then, a little pass to Donnie Avery on the left side, but on the right side, Jackson is handling Bernard Pollard on the right. Blitz pick up, and they get into it. Jackson's helmet comes off, and they're both swinging, thrown to the ground. It was pretty intense. One of the more intense fights, especially, you know, for a guy like Stephen Jackson, as tough as they come, but he's a clean player, really good guy, not a dirty player at all. Bernard Pollard, don't know if I can say the same about him. What's the odds in this game? The latest I saw is the Rams minus 14 at Houston. The weather, it's domed in NRG Stadium, so weather will not be a factor. What did the Texans do last year? Well, in the midst of that Bill O'Brien firing and the interim coaching, they ended up 4-12. and This year, their offense is just anemic. 275 yards per game, 30th in the league. Their defense gives up 392 yards per game, It's actually only a little worse than the Rams, 374 yards per game, but Texans give up a lot more points. Houston opened with a win over Jacksonville. Since then, losses to Cleveland, Carolina, Buffalo, New England, Indianapolis, and Arizona. And really the only competitive game among those was with the Patriots. They're averaging less than eight points a game over the last five weeks. They are actually ahead of the Cardinals 5-0 early last week, but... That didn't turn out so great. So Watson, Hopkins, and Watt are all gone. Watson is actually still there. He's just not going to play. They're trying to trade him, apparently. 
He has those allegations against him. He's not going to be playing in Houston this year, perhaps for somebody else, though. In his stead, rookie quarterback Davis Mills out of Stanford, the eighth quarterback taken in the draft. However, Tyrod Taylor could be back this week. He is practicing, and they will make a decision. At some point, my suspicion is he will not play, but this gives the Rams something to think about because Mills and Taylor are completely different types of quarterbacks. I don't think it'll matter much, though. I think I'd rather face Mills. Nothing against him. I think he is actually a pretty good quarterback. And with all the hoopla about all these quarterbacks taken ahead of him, he might end up being one of the best. Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, a few others. Maybe they're all better than Mills, but Mills could end up being a decent QB. They have a three-headed monster at running back, Mark Ingram, David Johnson, the old Cardinal running back, and Philip Lindsay used to be with the Broncos. Oh, wait, check that. Newsflash, Mark Ingram has been traded to the Saints as I record this. Thank you, Mikey and Ogden. I would have missed that. Laramie Tunsil, the offensive tackle, is one of their better players. He is out. And at wide receiver, they have Brandon Cooks. And, oh, there's that name again, Danny Amendola. Who would have thought I'd mentioned him twice in one episode? Playing center for the Texans is Justin Britt, the old Seahawk center. Britt was probably thinking he'd never see Aaron Donald again, but here he comes. Ram connections. Well, we already mentioned Amendola and Brandon Cooks. That's about it. Buddy Howell had 21 carries for 74 yards over three seasons with the Texans. Be interesting to see if he's active again. Last week, it was the Daryl Henderson show. Sony Michelle got in for a few snaps. Buddy Howell did not get in at all. He might have if the Rams had handled the Lions like they should have. Now, Buddy was in on special teams, but no snaps on the offensive side of the ball and certainly no carries. Fearsome four keys to the game. Man, this is another tough one. Fearsome key number one, just like last week, don't lose that turnover war by more than two. Yeah, I think you could get away with minus two in the takeaways and still win this game, just like last week against the Lions. Fearsome key number two, hey, let's put a cap on Brandon Cooks. He is still... A very good wide receiver. They're probably going to take some shots with him. Rams can't let it happen. Fearsome key number three. Don't let the Texans jump out early. Somehow get a comfortable 10 or 14 nothing lead if crazy things happen. You start to panic a little bit, just like last week. At least I was panicking. Fearsome key number four. Hey, how about be ready for some onside kicks and fake punts? Some trickery of all kinds. Now, we're told that the Rams were actually ready for that last week. I'm not sure I'm entirely buying that. But if that's what we call being ready, uh, we need some fixing, either improved coaching or you need to put some new guys out there executing what you're coaching. My prediction I'm going to go with the Rams 33, the Texans 13. I think the Rams learned a little lesson last week. Special teams will be improved. 
offense will continue clicking and the defense will be able to handle anything the Texans throw at them. Should be a pretty comfortable win. Unlike last week, Rams 33-13. to Let's get to our Rams Up Straight Up game picks. But before we get started on that, let's update our Elite 8 plus 2 power rankings. Starting at the top, I still have the Cardinals at number 1. And I have the Bucks moving up to number 2. Followed by the number 3 Buffalo Bills and 4 the Green Bay Packers. I have dropped the Rams all the way to number 5. And I think deservedly so. I don't mind getting a football headache when the Rams are playing the Bills or Seahawks or Niners or the Cowboys. I do not expect to get a football headache when the Rams are hosting the Detroit Lions. And for that reason, I've dropped them to number five. Number six, the Cowboys. At number eight, the Cincinnati Bengals making a slow climb up the rankings And to cap off my Elite Eight, the Baltimore Ravens. So go through that again real quick. Cardinals, Bucks, Bills, Packers, Rams, Cowboys, Bengals, and Ravens. And my plus two outside looking in, the Tennessee Titans and the Los Angeles Chargers. And yes, you did not hear me mention the Kansas City Chiefs. First time in several years, they are not in my top 10 and probably not many other top 10s either. Let's get back to the game picks. First review of last week. I had a decent week, 9-4. and four. The problem is Pete Prisco, Lorenzo Reyes, and Mike Florio all went 10-4, and four, so I lost ground on everybody, and I'm actually one behind Pete, four behind Mike, and seven behind Lorenzo. So this is probably my worst year so far, and it figures it's the first year I've shared my picks publicly. But I'll make up some ground here, hopefully. I had a couple of things go my way last week. I was the only one of the four who picked the Titans, but I was also the only one that picked the Seahawks. But still a decent week, nine and four, of course, with six teams on by. What do I have this week? Packers-Cardinals Thursday night, It looks like Devontae Adams will not play, and for that reason, I'm taking the Cardinals. I was considering taking the Green Bay Packers, but I'll stick with the Cardinals. Bengals at Jets. I don't think there will be a letdown. Bengals should cruise. Dolphins and Bills. Bills will win that handily, I think. Steelers at Browns. Divisional matchup. It'll be close, but I'm going to take the Browns. One of the more interesting games of the week, the Titans at the Colts. Another divisional matchup with so much on the line. It actually means more to the Colts, and they are at home. I'm going to lean on the Colts here, and I'll probably be in the minority, which means I'll probably get it wrong. Panthers at the Falcons. These are two teams, man. I don't know what to make of either of them, but I'm going to take the Falcons. 
49ers at Bears. This should be a defensive struggle. I'm going to take the 49ers. I don't feel real good about that, though. Eagles at the Lions. I think the Lions get their first win. They have played some very good teams, extremely tough. The Eagles are falling like a rock, and the Lions, like I say, they've been playing some decent football at times. I'm going to take the Lions. Rams at Texans, how dare you ask. Patriots at Chargers, I think the Chargers are going to thump them. Jaguars at Seahawks, I'll take the Seahawks at home. Washington football team at Denver, I'm going to take the Broncos. That will be a low-scoring game for sure. Bucks at Saints, I think the Bucks will figure it out. Those two teams do not get along. It should be testy. It should be fun. But like I said, I'm going to take the Bucks. Cowboys at Vikings, along with the Titans and Colts, this might be my co-game of the week in Minnesota. Dallas looking very strong. They almost got that division locked up, to be honest with you. Vikings have a lot to play for. They are in the wild card hunt, but I'm going to take the Cowboys. Giants at Chiefs. Finally, Kansas City gets a team that they should be able to handle quite easily, but don't discount the Giants' chances in this but the Chiefs get the win. So that's my Rams up straight up picks. And my survivor pick last week was the Patriots. And I got that right. So in my two strike league, I'm still at zero strikes. And this week, my survivor pick is going to be the team playing the Patriots. I'm going to roll with the Chargers. I looked three weeks forward. I think this is a good week to take the Chargers. For me, I think Kansas City would be another valid choice. I've already used the Bengals, so I can't take them over the Jets. Hey, if you really want to go out on a limb and if you're in a two-strike lead, maybe take the Lions. Seahawks would be a decent pick too, but, but I still see some risk there, so I'm rolling with the Chargers over the Patriots. My money bet last week, I lost. So on my money bets, I'm 3-2. and two. I took the Texans plus 17. I was feeling good about that late in the first quarter. My euphoria did not last. And this week, I don't see a lot of value on the board. But if I had to pick a game, I'm going to take the Chargers to cover their minus five and a half hosting the Patriots. And I know what you're thinking. Patriots are going to find a way to keep that game close. They have the defensive mastermind over there on their sideline. But Brandon Staley is a defensive mastermind in his own right, and he's got to figure out a way of handling a much less potent offense in the Patriots. Chargers have a ton of weapons. I really like the Chargers in this one, and I'm taking them to cover. Survivor pick Chargers, money bet Chargers to cover five and a half, and you have my straight up Rams up picks for the week. We'll check back in next week and see how I did. Before we sign off, let me own up to some mistakes. I already talked about the one calling Cup's 59-yard pass play the longest play of the year. It was not. Deshaun Jackson and Van Jefferson both already have longer plays. I'm pretty sure I also said at some point 
that the Arizona Cardinals were traveling to Green Bay. I got that backwards. Thursday night, it's Green Bay at Arizona. I also mentioned that Devontae Adams will not be playing in that game. It's also very possible that DeAndre Hopkins will also be out of this game. And as I mentioned at the top, that late-breaking news, J.J. Watt undergoing surgery, so he will definitely not play. We may not see him again until next year. So that takes some luster off of that matchup. And then, of course, there's my smattering of mispronunciations across the last couple episodes I have been told about. I'm going to let them go for now. Early Monday, look for our Texans-Rams recap. And then it's on to one of the most intriguing games of the year. The Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry come to town to take on the Los Angeles Rams, Aaron Donald, and Jalen Ramsey. That one is going to be a treat. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at laramsup.com. And don't forget to subscribe and give us that five-star rating. It's really appreciated. And remember, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube Royalty Free Music Audio Library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama. Hama.